0: Welcome to Comedians Talking Baseball, our weekly MLB recap podcast where myself, Comedian Joe Kilgown, and Comedian Mike Bridenstein talk to you about baseball, nerd on some stats, and just have a good old time with you. Brido, how's it going, my friend? Hi, Joe. Hey, I called you my friend this time instead of my man, or my buddy. Do I say buddy? I don't think I do. I
1: don't know, but you know what? Those are all applicable.
0: Right? You're you're a pal? (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's from Golden Girls, everybody. Great show. It's on Netflix, I think. Check it out. Golden
1: Girls is on Netflix?
0: I thought it was once upon a time. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't want to give out bad information there. where people get excited, they go home and all of a sudden they're disappointed because old Joey lied to them. Well, I might
1: have to stop watching this Indian cult show in Oregon that I've been watching.
0: I thought you were going to say you're watching the Indians-Astros because that's what I'm watching. I got baseball on all the time. (laughs) That's a future playoff. I think is docking Uh, the ball. The playoffs. That, could be, that could be a first-round series. Yeah. Well, I want to start off. Let's, let's go fresh out the gate with this, my friend. Something happened for only a, like the fourth time in the last 40 years, and the other times were a little bit suspect. But I'll, I'll get right to it. Uh, Tampa Bay Ray reliever. It's hard to call him that now because of what he just did. But um, he's a bullpen guy. been a bullpen guy his entire career most famously with the San Francisco Giants. He's got a few rings. His name is Sergio Romo, and he has started back-to-back games. Yes. He started Saturday against the Angels, and then he started Sunday against the Angels. And this is the first time this has happened. Um, Only three pitchers have done it uh, in the last 40 years, like I said. I mean, this is the information I'm getting. The other people who have done it were Zach Grinke, C.J. Wilson, Aaron um, Maviette, and Steve McCarthy. Now, when Granky and Wilson did it, this was back in 2012, they both had gotten, like, ejected from a game and only threw, like, a handful of pitches, so then they started in both the very next day. Yeah. Totally different. This was done by design. So it was tried out on Saturday in which Romo opened the game going one, two, three, striking out the side, a side that includes ju- um, Justin Upton and, and Mike Trout. Yep. So, you know, that's no, no easy task right there. They're both very great players. And then, um, and then their relief pitcher came in and went six and a third. So it was almost like this this very thing we were talking about last week. It was oh. This very thing that was a whole chapter in Brian Kenny's book.
1: So Tampa Bay is going with the opener.
0: Yep, they're doing the opener, which you famously did. Did, 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 did Brian Kenny coin that, or did you coin that last year on our podcast? I don't want to take
1: for it, but you know what. I've been an opener and I was a pretty good one. I've been a closer too and I went longer.
0: For those of you who don't know stand up comedy, the first comic's an opener. Oh, well, typically the MC is like the host. An opener would be the first comic before a headliner, like in a theater, I feel like. Well. Okay. And then the middle's acts a feature. So we could call it relief pitchers. Middle relief, you're like a feature. Yes. And a guy who only comes in for one batter, guest spot. He's doing a guest spot. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. He's, doing he's a- popping in. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> he's allowed. He's, yeah, he's Dave Chappelle unannounced at the comedy store. Just popping in. Actually, no, Dave Chappelle would come in unannounced and pitch seven innings, you know?
1: Oh, he'd pitch 13 and be like, Dave,
0: the game's over. I'm glad I wasn't living in LA doing the clubs when, even though, like, they're, you know, they're they're heavyweights, and Chappelle is on my top five greatest comedians of all time list. The other guy isn't, but I still do have respect for him. I know a lot of comedians hate him. But for those of you not in the know, Dave Chappelle and Dan Cook were going back and forth in, like, what, the mid-2000s, late late aughts, like from 07, 09 or something, in yeah. which they were trying to outdo each other, how long they could be on stage. I and mean, they were going five, six, seven hours on stage.
1: Which, at a certain point, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, how many people stuck around for that whole thing? I a handful of I dorks? Would, I, I guess you'd stick around just to say that you saw it. But yeah. yeah, at that point you're just, you're not being, you're not funny for seven hours. It could be interesting. Maybe they're talking like telling personal stories or, you know, at that point you're just, I don't You have to stop you to, to, to the bathroom. Right.
1: You're not funny after an hour and a half. How long are comedy movies? They're about 90 minutes. Cause you're, you're like, all right. <laughs> after a while, like there's, Judd Apatow movies that are like two hours long and you're like,
0: come on. His are definitely too long. I would agree with you there. Yeah. Like 40-Year-Old Virgin's movie I liked a lot the first time I saw it. And then the next couple of times I caught it like on HBO or something. I remember going, you could have cut like 20 minutes out of this movie and it would have been really good. That's why I liked uh, John Hughes movies. Those were all, all his comedies were about 90, 95 minutes, you know. Like that Billy Joel song, "The Entertainer." If you want to make a hit, you got to make it quick. Well, how long is a how long is a like a
1: comedy club show? The host... it's supposed to be ninety minutes. Yeah, host does ten or less. Feature does twenty to thirty, and then the headliner does forty-five to an hour. It's ninety minutes.
0: Yes, because that's about the length of a comedy movie. That's a good attention span length. People, you know, you get to the club about. 15, 20 minutes earlier, you grab a drink or two, your little little chit-chat, and then all of a sudden the show starts, and then after the show, all right, cool, that was a pretty good time. Maybe you have a, a nightcap, go over to another bar, you got yourself a night out. I mean, yeah. the pace of play on these shows that Chappelle and Dan Cook were doing were terrible. They need a commissioner to come in and say, guys, you got to speed it up. <coughs> leave them wanting less. Yes, leave them wanting less. These extra affairs are bad for the sport. You're, you're losing your young fans.
1: But you know, have
0: six-second clips like Vine. Oh, Vine's gone now, though. What am I talking about? All right, well, we got to get back on message, though. This is exciting. (laughs) This is an exciting. This is like a new thing that maybe other teams might pick up on. In Tampa, since they're not really, no one's expecting them to compete in that dangerous, dangerous thing. Somewhat sexy AL East. Yeah. So they're able to just say, "Fuck it, let's let's try some stuff here. Let's roll the dice." Now the Rangers were talking about doing a four-man, and they have not followed through on that, though.
1: I am all for the opener. How did he do? I didn't see.
0: All right. Well, here we go. You know, I'm just going to read the article because I need to practice reading out loud. Here we go. The raised right-hander who started Saturday night and pitched a scoreless inning in Tampa Bay's 5-3 victory over the Angels, hurled a scoreless first inning on Sunday after allowing the leadoff walk to Kinsler, who later stole second. Romo struck out Mike Trout and Justin Upton, then got Simmons to ground out to the the third third baseman and the first. See? That's why I got to work on reading out loud. Romo, who faced off against rookie sensation Shohei Ohtani in the series finale, came off for the second inning and walked Zach Cozart to open the frame. He fanned Jerry Marte. Is it Marte? Yeah, Marte, sorry. Before he was replaced by right-hander Mike Andres, who finished off the inning with Cozart left at first base. So he did well. And they won Saturday. They lost today, though. Um, And, yeah, they pitched a great game. And it it was amazing. So what I liked about it was that their manager, uh, what's his name, Cash? Kevin Cash. He was said that, um, you know, you figure, I liked his slider to start the game against the, the Angels' righties. So why why save him for an eighth inning? Or, or why save him for a situation where he won't come up? Why not use him to start the game twice in a row? And then he brought in, like, a starter who wasn't a starter, but acted like one by going six and a third. Right. And, and it paid dividends. Now, I want to see... I don't know what the rest of the box score was in this one. Let me get it for you real quick. I only saw the box score for yesterday's game. Sorry, everybody. If we had a producer, I would have this on the ready, but we don't because we're poor and we have no budget. Uh, it's exciting, though, because, it, I mean, it's, I felt, it's one of those things where you talk about it and you're like, ah, it's going to be a while, and then all of a sudden, the next weekend. We were literally talking about this last week.
1: Yeah, everything, anything it's, can happen now, except for... I. We mentioned that, I said that somebody would strike out 21 batters this year. And then there was an article about that that happened right after that. And I was like, oh, I'm not, that wasn't that bold of a statement.
0: But You know what?
1: But the the gist of the article was, pitch count will ruin that. Because, like, everybody who pitched uh, 20K games, like, no one walked anybody, I want to say. And, like, Clemens was doing like 174 pitches in 86.
0: Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Kerry Wood was famously 122 pitches, and that's uh, what
1: it usually is. I don't know what uh, Scherzer did, but now, this was higher, I believe. Now there's because like earlier this year, wasn't there a 20 strikeout game with multiple pitchers?
0: Uh yes, I believe so.
1: And they're making a big deal out of that. And I was like, no.
0: No, yeah. No. Uh,
1: that is a combined no-hitter can S-a-D and a 20 strikeout combined game can definitely S-a-D.
0: I like S-a-D because that's almost... Well, you know what? I've been, I've been saying to you that maybe one day we should try to do an hour-long podcast in which we're completely clean. <laughs> that way maybe, maybe we could pitch it to XM or Sirius or, or whatever radio station saying, Hey, look, we could do this. And S-a-D could be clean. That's on radio right there. There's no problem with that at all. So I like that one. I'm gonna start having to use that right now. I'm a dad now. I can't be cursing the way I do. But uh, yeah, I got the I got the box score in front of me. I agree with you there. But it is interesting that literally last week we talked about an opener, and then also last week you mentioned the 21K game. I think someone at MLB because it was MLB.com that wrote about the 21K game being a possibility. And is someone from there listening to our podcast? Is you know, time? it's possible. You know, we, I'll admit, I, I would like us to have way more listeners than we do. I'm okay with what we got. The people who listen seem to enjoy it, and I'm having fun, so I'm cool with it there. Hey, real quick, is Med Barucha in a commercial? Because I think I just saw him in one, and I didn't, it looked weird. It's, uh,
1: I want to say yes, but I don't know for sure.
0: Mike's Hard Lemonade commercial? That's the biggest thing. Uh, again, I know we, we've gone off subject quite, twice now already, but. I got the TV on in the background and when you live in LA for a while, you start to see every other person, you know, on TV and it gets weird because I, parties aren't as fun. I noticed this when I was first at an LA party, when I first moved there, someone brought up a TV show and right away, I was like, God, oh, this show sucks. And everyone looked at me like, dude, shut up, shut up. And I'm like, what? Like, dude, the whole writing staff is like right behind you. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm in LA. You can't just openly <laughs> shit on bad things because you never know who's in the room. You know, in Chicago, you have to worry about the EP from two broke girls being in the next room. You know what I mean?
1: Do you know my favorite story about that? No, what is it? So, I went to lunch with a member of the Cubs message board with us, Matt Dwyer. And Matt Dwyer, because he is old and was in Chicago during, like, the golden age of, like, 80s and 90s Second City, he knows everybody. So... I'm sitting down at lunch with him. No, I'm sitting down. I was meeting a friend of ours who I won't name. I'll just say one of the most unique performers to come out of Chicago.
0: Well, that could be a number of people, but yeah. Okay. I tried
1: to do an impression of him there so you would know. So I see Dwyer at the restaurant just by happenstance, and he's like, Do you care if I join you? And I said, I don't think so because I'm meeting with this person who. You know of. And he said, okay, cool. My buddy Horatio is meeting us. And I was like, oh, it's going to be Horatio Sands. So we sit down. The person who's meeting us sits down, and Horatio has lost a ton of weight.
0: So I think I saw that in the picture.
1: So famous Horatio Sands looks a certain way. This guy just looks like my buddy Horatio who sat down and his name is just Horatio and he's just a dude. But homeboy had just moved here from Chicago. So that's what he was thinking too. And he goes, Oh man, you know what I hate? SNL. And I started shooting him looks like, is he doing a bit? What is he doing? And he just started bashing like SNL and like people on the show. Well, no one said a word. and I was just like, Kicking him under the table. And then on the way home, he called, he texted me and he goes, uh, that was fun. And I was like, why did you bash SNL in front of Horatio Sands? And then all of a sudden I get this frantic phone call being like, that was Horatio Sands. Oh no. Thank you. You know what?
0: I can't figure out who you're talking about because this impression doesn't sound accurate to me.
1: (laughs) Okay. 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 Okay, so, uh, let's see. My wife, uh, Sausagella.
0: My wife, Sacha, Sausagella.
1: Oh, man. So you must Is that one, one, one of his bits? Yes.
0: Pete Holmes? Who are you doing right now?
1: Oh, man. Why, okay. well, you can't
0: name their name on this? Buscemi. Oh, Buscemi. Oh, yeah. There you are. All right. Damn, I should have known when you said, like, unique performer. This isn't um, Steve Buscemi, everybody. This is uh, Robert Buscemi. <laughs> so, just so people know. I know uh, they
1: might hate that story being out, but...
0: No. Oh, well, he doesn't listen to a sports podcast. Trust trust you, me, on that one. So, we're okay. <laughs> Anyhow, that is fucking hilarious, by the way. To literally shit on a thing that made that guy all sorts of money and made him famous. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Anyhow, all right, so... I think there's someone spying on us from MLB. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. Whatever we talk about next on this podcast, I'm gonna, you know, we gotta do, we gotta feel it out. Maybe we'll talk about something ridiculous, and then if we see a post from it from MLB, we'll be like, those motherfuckers are onto us. They just swore again. There it goes. What if all right? If, um,
1: what if MLB decided Mike Bridenstine should be on TV getting paid?
0: Up? See you next week. That'd be great. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, and maybe if I could get a job too, I'd hope same time well it's me joe oh god you know i think the audio is going in and out a little bit it's really aggravating me hopefully i can fix that later if not listeners i apologize yet again all right i got the box score romo went an inning and a third like i said that andrew guy went uh two innings gave up two runs none earned though um, goes to the whole earn versus unearned run thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago in regards to the air statistic. Alvarado went an inning in a third, and then Bandea or Banda, Banda, Panda Bear, he went uh, three and a panda, third. Panda, 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 Panda. He went, th- I don't know, I don't know the Rays relievers and how to pronounce their names. Sorry, guys. Uh, he went uh, three and a third. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could be a. I mean, we're going to see how it plays out for them. Really, it's interesting. I just like the idea of a team that's kind of in a rebuild. You know, they they traded away Longoria, they traded away some pitchers. So, I like the idea of that team being like, you know what? What else do we have to go for? Let's let's try some. Let's experiment here, because that way at least they're tanking in an entertaining way. you're you talking go. about right? You know
1: That's right. If you're going to tank, don't just Tank like a shitty like, old team. Tank like you have some balls.
0: Exactly. I like, the, I like the true rebuild, of course, when you go completely young and you give everyone an opportunity. But there is something to say about you don't want to rush the young players too much. Like We talked about the White Sox rebuild last week, and some people are like, well, why not give Eloy Jimenez a shot now? Well, because also you're starting the clock on him a little early. So that means he'll be at free agency sooner. In a year, you're not competing. Why waste that kind of talent a year in which you're not ready to compete? You know, obviously, if he has an amazing year, the rest of the season, like when the Cubs brought up Chris Bryant, I don't know if they knew how close they were to competing. Because remember, everyone said 2015 was a the year they did better than expected. I expected them to compete for a wild card, which they did. But yes, you know, I think we both said like 86, 87 games. I was looking, I, at, the- I was
1: looking at 88 for that 2015 team, but I understood the logic on keeping him down. They kept Mike Trout down in 2012.
0: Well, that's because Trout came up in September the year before his rookie year. Remember he won rookie of the year, but the year before he actually came up in September?
1: Well, yeah, that that always bothers me. Like, is he a rookie? What counts?
0: It's something about 50 games, I think, is the rule. I read this. I looked this up not that long ago because I was talking about it with someone. Damn it, I wish I had the information off the top of my head. Right. I'm like, I think it's 100 innings for a pitcher or 50 wins or 50 games for a starter.
1: Yeah, because there was like a situation where Gary Sanchez did not qualify for Rookie of the Year when he actually had the highest war of any rookie, but then the next year he
0: wasn't a rookie. I was so confused. Yeah, it's stupid. Reese Hopkins had a similar situation. If I recall, I don't think he qualifies as a rookie this year. I think it's a dumb word to be completely honest with you. I, th- I mean, you know, I guess so. Here's an award for the best first-year player. And also, now that you bring it up, think about how many rookies of the year went on to do jack shit. Yeah. I mean,
1: and then, like, Ichiro winning rookie of the year in 2001. Wow. Okay, what is that doing?
0: I know. It's a 27-year-old.
1: Right. 28. So, I mean, it's just like, I don't know off the top of my head if Willie Mays was Rookie of the Year. Maybe. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know.
0: I mean, but I know that, like, Chris Sabo was. Well, yeah. All right. All right. Let's just go off. I'm going to list some names of Rookies of the Year just in recent memory, and let's see how many of them Jerome truly Walton. became stars. Jerome Jerome good that's from 1989 but let's go back let's just go from year 2001 we'll start with Ichiro and I'll go up the list in the American League 2001 Ichiro Suzuki obviously a Hall of Fame player 2002 yes. Eric Hinsky, who is a, a, a what well, was a coach with the Cubs I think he's a coach with the Angels now Oh yeah, hitting coach for the Angels
1: He's the so he
0: also wins a guy everyone thinks is Schwarber in the dugout Yes big dude big fella I had I remember a big year with the Blue Jays was in the Cubs farm system initially that year he bad 279 24 home runs 84 see the the website I'm going through with the list of rookie of the years are doing all traditional stats they're not giving me the fun stuff so it doesn't matter though 2003 Angel Baroa for the Kansas City Royals what's what's he up to mm, nothing you know 2004 Bobby Crosby no no didn't pan out I mean had a nice couple seasons Uh, Houston Street, the Oakland A's had two rookie years in a row, 2005, closer. Cool. I mean, okay. 2006, Justin Verlander, who might be the next Nolan Ryan in the sense that he's 35 and his fastball is still popping the glove, you know?
1: Yeah, he figured out spin rate. Justin Verlander, I will say, yes, he was a good – but what does that do?
0: I mean, keep going. It's, I think it's more entertainment value. It's kind of like a fun, ooh, these are the guys, are they going to be the next big thing? It's almost crowning someone. It's baseball's attempt to crown someone like the next big thing. This is a young shot. It's, it's a way of promoting young players, and we all know baseball is terrible at promoting their players. Okay, so change the award to guy voted next big thing. The next big thing would be a cooler thing to do. uh, I know they do like an all-rookie team or do they do an all-rookie team? The NBA does. I don't know if baseball does. Not to my knowledge. They have like. I mean, they, they can keep the rookie of the year award as it is, but you know what? Maybe we should come up with other ways. You and I have already talked about coming up with ways to try to promote Mike Trout because it is still an embarrassment that he's not a household name. This is like week three of us talking about that. We'll get to Trout in a second because we may have given him the kiss of death because he had his worst week in his pro career this past week. Let's continue though. (laughs) Oh <laughs> seven, Dustin Pedroia, that was a good one.
1: Okay, Pedroia is good.
0: Yeah, he was MVP the next year too. One of only a few players have done that. Two thousand eight, Evan Longoria. Yes. Two thousand nine, another Oakland A. Andrew Bailey. No. No. Two thousand ten, Natalie Felice. No. No. Two thousand eleven, Jeremy Hellickson. Uh, no. Okay, player, but like again, not a star. Yeah. Has decent seasons. Here's a big one for you. 2012, Mike Trout. Sure. Sure. (laughs) Here's one. 2013, Tampa Bay Rays. Will Myers. Oh, he didn't pan out, did he? Did not. He's, again, still a solid player in the league, you know. 2014. Here's another one that goes along the lines of of each year or one. 2014, Chicago White Sox. Jose Abreu was 27 years old. 26, 27.
1: Yeah, Cuban... He had a great... Man, I thought he was going to be really good. Sorry, Dylan.
0: No, I mean, I think he's still actually pretty good. I looked at his numbers. He's consistently there, but he definitely... You, th- you thought he'd get better. But he's, uh, he's been consistently 30 home runs. Um, batting average between the 280-300 range, I want to say. OPS, 830-840, you know. Um, but more of a DH than a first baseman, but does play enough first. first. But, but again, we thought, oh, this is going to be... You, you have 36 home runs your first year. People think it's going, only going to go up from there when it really hasn't. You know, he's kind of been the same guy. Because we forget, 27-year-old, you're entering in your prime. What if you
1: are a minor league player, and we'll call it, like, the guy who's the number one prospect in baseball at the end of the year, you give the next big uh, the next big thing award, whoever is – whoever lands as the number one prospect consensus as, as that. And it's like the John Wooden award or like the fucking Heisman, you know, like not that the Heisman is any indication of who's going to be good in the NFL, but (laughs) not they need something like that because rookie of the year, like giving it to a 24 year old who had like the highest war of other, like, Young 20-year-olds doesn't... It's its not doing anything.
0: I agree there. There's definitely a flaw. There's something that they could do to make it sexier. Something. Maybe there should be an age limit on it. Do you care that Chris Bryant won Rookie of the Year? I do as a fan because it's cool. Because if you look at... Chris Bryant hit a pretty crazy like trajectory into becoming the MVP, perennial MVP candidate that he is. And I think he's an MVP candidate again this year. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he's obviously he's going to be guys an MVP candidate every year, but he is having an unbelievably great season. He's first in OPS, he's uh, playing above average defense again, his base running is always going to be tremendous. He's having a great year and I only anticipate him to get better even as the season goes along. If you look, I got to gush on Brian a little bit more here. His strikeout rate it was like over 30 percent, it was like 31, 32 percent as a rookie, and it's found it it's like 15 percent. That is unheard- of improvement. He barely strikes out. He was the guy who had 199 strikeouts his rookie year, led the national league, and now he's the guy that is going to walk almost as much as he strikes out, like even like within a couple. I think he's walked like 27 times and struck out like 29 times. It's crazy
1: to start the fad of uh, high strikeouts. Uh, launch angle, and then divert from it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Without really losing power. I mean, I know he had 29 home runs last year, which was down from the 39 he had the year before, so he dropped down by 10. But I don't think his launch angle was, you know, he just had a little bit less home runs. And then the Cubs, you know, the first few months, he got to a slow start, hit a good second half, but the Cubs kind of did have that 108-year World Series hangover, which is a thing. (laughs) But I You're think right. There he, there should be a qualification to it, but I'll, I'm sorry. I didn't want to say this about Bryant. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Those were to me to cut you off.
1: I, w- I was just going to say he's currently the National League MVP.
0: Yes, he is, which would be two MVPs in your first four years.
1: I mean, he's got to play uh, two-thirds of a season still. Yeah, it A not, lot could
0: happen. You're uh, right, but I only see him getting better.
1: Sure. I, I don't know what... Um... They could give it to uh, like a AJ Pollock or a Tommy Pham or like if the Freddie
0: Freeman, the Braves are off to a good start or, you uh, know, he's the uh, best player.
1: Sexy pick Albies.
0: Yeah, but then isn't he a rookie this year or is he technically in the second year?
1: Dude, I just said, I don't know how that works. So
0: he's, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I went right back to you. Well, carry so not carry. I'm sorry. I don't know. why I just said Kerry Wood. Chris, who won Rookie of the Year in 98, and I got the Rookie of the Year in front of me. That's why I said I think I scrolled through and caught his name. (laughs) Um, So Bryant, though, his, his last year of college ball, playing for San Diego, was the NCAA Player of the Year. Then gets drafted by the Cubs in June of 2013. The 2014 season, he played the whole year in the minors in 2014. He was the minor league player of the year. After the first 12 days in AAA in 2015, he gets called up to the majors. Becomes the Rookie of the Year. That's 2015. 2016, he wins MVP. So his last four years of playing baseball before last year, 2017, he was College Player of the Year, NCAA, uh, Minor League Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and MVP four consecutive years. That's incredible. So that's why when you know wanted me be- if I cared that Chris Bryant won Rookie of the Year, I do, that's kind of do because that's a really fun, cool thing. And as a fan, even though you make great points about the Rookie of the Year, being like, is it really? What is it? I agree. It's sexy, though, you know? The same reason you don't like the idea of a combined 21K game. I don't like the idea of just getting rid of that award completely. I think we could amend it, make it better. Nobody over the age of something, or I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? But don't get rid of it. Well,
1: let's look at uh, rookies in the National League real quick.
0: Okay, we'll scroll over to rookies. By the way, Willie Mays won it in 1951.
1: But hold on. So Christian Villanueva leads uh, with... Harrison Bader, Brian Anderson of the Marlins, that is uh, hitters. Or you got like uh, Josh Hader Brewers. Okay. Does that excite you as a fan?
0: No, especially since Villanueva was 26 years old. But, I mean, they don't excite me now, but think about it this way. At the end of one of those guys' career, say whoever wins it this year goes on to be a Hall of Famer, it's fun to look back and go, damn, they were good from the from Jump Street. They came into the league awesome. I don't know. I kind of, when you look at a body of work, it's kind of fun to see, oh, he won rookie of the year. He won MVP. Right? Well, what what if instead you gave the National League, uh, what
1: if it was called like, see, I've had no time to think about this, but what if you gave, Akuna- well, that's
0: why it's fun though. It's a natural conversation. We didn't plan this.
1: <laughs> what if you gave a Ronald Acuna of the Braves, Next big thing award, and then the American League, you gave Vlad Jr. or Jimenez or Glyber Torres the award. That's a sexier award.
0: Well, they're not in the pros yet. Don't there to be something for the pros? Because how many you give the next big thing? It's almost like a kiss of death to a minor leaguer. How many minor leaguers come up and shit the bed? Decent well, all amount, of them. you know?
1: Awesome.
0: All of them. But, not all of them, but the ones who don't win rookie of the year. I know what you're saying about rookie of the year. I think, could I guess, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think you're looking at it like it's one good year. There's a lot of guys who come up and have a bad first year and they end up being amazing players. And then the flip side of it are guys who don't do any. You know what I mean? Is that where you're going with this?
1: Well, to me, it's just like, but what do you do with that? When you evaluate someone's career, like if you're, if they're like an on the fence, like Hall of Fame candidate, do you go,
0: well, he won rookie of the year. That doesn't matter to me. Like I, you, I agree with you there. It doesn't hold much weight when, you, when you're when you looking at a body of work. I think it's more of a fun fan thing. That's what I'm saying. It's a fun fan thing. So instead of, instead of giving the fans, like, well, this
1: guy on paper did better than the other guys who were also in their first year, say, anoint someone. Give someone a crown. Give someone a little crown and say, next big thing. And it's like, you think that Akuna can live up to the height?
0: I mean that could be fun too. I just don't like the idea of it to give it to a minor leaguer, though. It's got you got to give it to a pro. Well, if they're number one, because on fans the... aren't watching minor leaguers and different. You know what I mean? And and different. Like the, we all know that the Southern League is different than the Pacific League and Pacific Coast League, and so well, I don't scouts, know. Scouts watch these guys and rank them. I know they do, and they're not always right. Even they'll tell you that they get it wrong a lot of times. I think the I think advanced. Scouting has gotten a lot better. And, and here's a clear run of it. Look, I'm going to give you the rookies of the year from the NL now. Okay. 2000, Atlanta Braves, Raphael Fercal. Fercal was good, but no. Yeah. Good, uh, yeah. Not a Hall of Famer, um, but good. So it's a good award, I'll say. Some people will say good, Hall of Fame, or bust. Just okay. Them, okay. Uh, 2001, St. Louis Cardinals, Albert Pujols. Hall of Fame. Yeah. 2002, here's a complete bust, Colorado Rockies. Jason Jennings. Okay, bust. I don't even know how he won the award. This is how stupid baseball was in 2002. That's why Oakland A's money ball was sneaking up on people. He was, had a 4.52 earn run average, and he wins Rookie of the Year because, because he was 16-8. They looked at the wins and loss record. Oh, God. Okay. Dump. 2003. Here's a what-might-have-been guy. Dontrell Willis. Dontrell Willis was good. He was good. He had, he had a nice little three, four-year run, and then it just all fell apart, sadly. Because um, he had a good year with Detroit, too, if I recall. And uh, the D-Train, cool nickname. 2004. Yeah. Man, what happened to this guy? We should do a segment where we do, what the hell happened to you? And we <laughs> just look up guys where Jason Bay. Remember Jason Bay? Jason Bay. Was that the Pirates? Yeah, Pirates. And then he went to Boston, and I think, just kind of faded away. He was one of those right-handed hitters who had tremendous opposite field power there for a while.
1: Jason Bay got lost in a shuffle of
0: power hitters, I want to say. Yeah, those early aughts power hitters. You know, there's a lot of big names still. You know, 04, this Bonds was still playing. Yeah. Um, Sosa was just getting caught up. I feel like 2004 Sosa's last year. Yeah, he was a guy that maybe he was a Royd guy too, and that's why he just broke down and you just kind of faded away. I feel like there's a few guys like that, like a Sean Green. Remember him at four home run game? Earth. I think he had a fifty homer season. Even didn't he have four home runs in a game? Yeah, so I just said he had a four homer game, oh. and I think he had a fifty homer season. That we could do this. Can be our new thing, man. I actually like this. We're gonna dig. It's gonna be what the hell happened to that guy? We're not even gonna be clever with it. We're just gonna literally say what the hell happened to that guy? <laughs> like you'd say to a buddy at a bar, you'd be like, someone mentioned him, you'd, you'd hit him, go, dude, what the hell happened to that guy? All right, I like the inflection of my voice when I do that. Two thousand five. Yes. This guy, that's definitely really good. I don't think a Hall of Famer, but if you would have asked me after his first five years, I would have said, yes, Hall of Famer. Philadelphia Philly, Ryan Howard.
1: Ryan Howard, yes. That was, uh, he won some freak MVP awards. He overshadowed Chase Utley completely on that team. But yeah, man, Ryan Howard was like a home run king. With like a flash of brilliance in the late 2000s. And yeah, yeah. then they couldn't Sorry. get rid of him fast enough.
0: No, I know. It was kind of a bummer because he just tailed off so badly. And people don't realize this about him. When he won Rookie of the Year, he was 25 years old because the Phillies had um, uh, Jim Tome. They made that big contract for Jim Tome. And Howard was the guy that was just sitting in the minors, tearing it up in the minors, actually. Kind of like Christian Villanueva, who was behind Chris Bryant with the Cubs, and the Cubs just let him go. And Padres seemed to have struck gold with him. Uh, Bummer we couldn't get anything for him. I'm a little shocked by that. I think his numbers were just good enough in AAA, where he wasn't like a sexy prospect, Christian Villanueva. He really wasn't. Isn't isn't he a Hendricks trade? Yeah, we got him from Texas. Yeah, okay. Yeah, originally. Um, I think he was part of that Hendricks, Villanueva, and C.J. Edwards, maybe. And then that other trade with Dempster, we got Mike Old and someone else. Because remember, we had Mike Old from them too. We did two trades with Texas: one with Garzon, one with Dempster. Anyhow, back to this list.
1: I, I just we, remember we're fans, In
0: case you're for listening for Raphael, first
1: time. I just remember Mitch Williams for Rafael Palmero.
0: That was a stupid trade. <laughs> oh. How great would Palmero have been in the nineties playing with the Cubs? I mean People forget. Um, People are like, well, he's the first baseman. We had Mark Grace. I remember someone saying, Mark Grace led the nineties in hits. I go, yeah, you know who was second? Raphael Palmero. One of them could have learned left field. And Rafael well, Palmero no. also led the nineties in like RBIs and was like third in home runs. And I know Grace, I think, might have led in doubles too. And I think Palmero was right up there with him. So we forget that Palmero, I know juiced up, juiced up still, though. Hey, I mean, you can win some games with Juiced Up guys.
1: He he got juiced up in Texas, though, so I don't know if he we would have had the same needles laying around.
0: That's true. He did when Canseco was there, and Juan Gonzalez was clearly juiced up. That guy was a freak.
1: Yeah, I mean, George Bush didn't know what he had, man.
0: He did not. All right, 2006, Hanley Ramirez.
1: Hanley is great. Hanley is not a Hall of Famer.
0: but he's- No, he's not a Hall of Famer, but I do- he's the Hall of Very Good. Yeah. Yes. 2007, Ryan Braun. Steroids, but... If, if he doesn't get that blemish of being caught with the HGH, I think we, he might have been on his way to the Hall of Fame or damn well near it, we you know?
1: Right. We have to... Have, I mean, he might be the
0: greatest brewer of all time. Maybe the best Jewish offensive player, too. Hank Greenberg? I don't know if is, I could put him against Ryan Yao. Oh, yeah, Hank Greenberg. Damn, I forgot about Greeny. All right, 2008. Here's where the bus factor comes in because i so far besides jason jennings and i guess you could throw in jason bay we had a bunch of good ones there oh the nl yeah then i was owning it but here we got just actually it's just two in a row that are bad and then after that it's studs again 2008 this is painful to say because i had his jersey because i thought i was investing well but i was wrong giovanni soto the giovanni Chicago
1: cubs oh man i loved soto
0: i did too he was really good in 08, terrible in 09, really good in 10, and then terrible the rest of his career, I feel like. So sad. I know. 2009, here's another Cub connection, although he won it as a Florida Marlin. Chris Coghlan. Oh, geez. Yeah. 321 I, I, batting average is a rookie. That's a bust. Yeah, that's definitely a bust. Good bench player, though. You know, I liked him off the bench. 2010, this is not a bust. This is Buster Posey. Okay, Hall of Fame. Yes, I would agree there. Definitely Hall of Fame. He's won an MVP since. He's won a few rings.
1: Three he's, rings. Uh,
0: he's a top player. Changed a, a rule, though, which sucks. Uh, 2011, Craig Kimbrell. Kimbrell is
1: the way that these idiots vote going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Strikeouts per nine, like all time. I think he's number one.
0: He's got some electric stuff. 2012, Bryce Harper, the most overrated player of all time. You think so?
1: He had one good season in 2015 and people act like he's the National League equivalent of Trout. Mike Trout. Yeah. I agree.
0: I think he is overrated in a, in a sense. I think his best years are still ahead of him, though. I think last year, if he didn't miss the last, what, do he miss? like four or five weeks of the season last year. I think he came back from time for the last week. He probably would have finished with about 40 home runs and an OPS north of a thousand. I think he finished with like a 900 OPS. So I feel like last year he was a good year. On,
1: the ceiling on him is high, but could have, would have, should have.
0: You're right because 2015, he was it was one of the best MVP years of the last 25 years.
1: Right, yeah. Ten WAR that year, and like just crazy good.
0: And then 2016, he was a joke. It wasn't a joke, but he was very like a little above average. of that, I don't even know. I think he might have been a very average player that year. Dan sure Murphy,
1: Murphy was the best player on that team
0: in 2016. Yes, I agree with you there because there was talks of uh, Daniel Murphy possibly being the MVP, even though we all know Chris Absolutely. Bryant won it and deserved it, but Harper was top
1: three in voting. If uh, I was going off blind numbers, I would have voted for Votto in
0: 2016 over, um, just, over Chris Bryant.
1: Just blind numbers, not knowing about teams.
0: Okay. I guess a little surprising
1: Joey Votto's 2016 I don't know if you know this Joey Votto very good and also no, he's he's amazing terrible. but
0: uh I, yes he's on a terrible team and I feel bad for him he's a great dude he's 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 funny he's very smart guy too I love him in interviews uh last year he won MVP correct no
1: uh Stanton won last year but I would oh, have yes. for last but, year too
0: I don't know if he's I think Chris Bryant was better than him in 2016. I know you're going by blind, not associating team, but Bryant had the higher WAR and playing multiple positions. And I know war's not everything. I think Votto probably had a little bit of a better uh, wOBA weighted on base average, ladies and gentlemen.
1: I I, I like uh, I like Votto's hitting stats, and he still has a good WAR. Whereas Bryant, a lot of his WAR was wrapped up in his. Defense and so and base running. Yeah, and we can say and I don't I don't like war as a mic drop
0: stat. I don't like any stat as a mic drop stat. So
1: no, this is I mean like Chris Bryant was the best player on the best team. They won the World Series. I know that you vote before the World Series. Uh so I have obviously zero problem with Chris Bryant winning, but if you where was Chris Bryant on WOBA? Where was Chris Bryant on like weighted runs? Uh, versus- I
0: can find out for a second here. Let's wrap up the rookies of the year. Okay. I want to touch on Brian. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Bryce Harper. Cause you are right about him being overrated. I see the ceilings through the roof with this guy. The roof is the ceiling, Michael Jordan. That's why I think he's a sexy guy to get. I think any team that has the money should go after him because he's still so young. He's 25 right now. So he'll be, when you get him next year, that'll be his age 26 season. So if you give him a 10 year deal, 26 to 36, a players prime is about 26 to 32 33 if they take care of themselves i mean there, there could be some monster years there because his ceiling again 2015 mvp his f war was 9.3 talk about a drop off 2016 his f WAR was three even three even which mike trout already has surpassed and manny machado has almost surpassed i think he has surpassed too. So, a three-war. He was hurt. That's, while, I think three-war is, like, below All-Star, in my opinion. I think three-five is borderline All-Star and above. He was hurt in 2016, though, I believe. He still had 147 games and 627 plate appearances. Yeah, with a three-war, yeah. That's, I mean, he was a little bit banged up. But, look, last year, though, he had a 4.9 F-war and played in 111 games. So, last year, he was legit hurt. 111 games. He plays another 40 games to get up to about 150. His war is probably in the sixth range. I just... I, okay,
1: I think that Bryce Harper is probably the most recognizable player in baseball. And my question would be, uh, is that, like, does he deserve that?
0: No, I... I, No, he does not. Mike Trout should be in those T-Mobile commercials. Look, Harper is... he's, He's very... Right now, in the sense that he's a cocky kid, he came in at nineteen. Uh, older dudes hated him. Those veterans were throwing at him on purpose. I think Cole Hamels hit him on purpose, saying, "I got to let this kid know what's up." Yeah. And he was just like, "I don't give a shit about that stuff." Um, he got into it with his closer Papelbon in the dugout because his, I have, remember that? Yeah, I choked. Um, yeah, dude, Papplebon would have killed him. By the way, I did like how Harper went right back at him. And it was one of those things, though. You know, I talked to a lot of people in these like Cubs Facebook groups. And a couple other regular baseball groups, where it's just people talking about all sorts of stuff, and they brought up Harper as a clubhouse guy. I go, no, I think his teammates like him. Peplon's just a psycho, and you know Harper, yeah, he's gonna get on some people's nerves, but I definitely wouldn't. They wouldn't deter anyone from trying to sign him. No, I just
1: as as a guy,
0: I Bill James just wrote an article
1: pretty much saying like, what is a superstar? Like, what are superstar numbers? And he like started giving like uh, superstar points. And it's basically Bryce Harper is not a superstar.
0: Um,
1: Like seasons with uh, batting 300.
0: Is he doing it? Is he doing it like, yeah, I guess for a superstar, it's going to be your entire body of work. As of right now, I guess you can make that argument because looking at his, yeah, I mean, look, his, his rookie year, he was very good. He had a 4.4 war. That's an all-star season, whether it's your rookie year or not, right? Good year. I'll take a 4.4 war out of Jason Hayward. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, You know, he was like a six the year before we signed him. Unreal. And then 2013, he had a 4-1. So his first two seasons at the ages of 19 and 20, off to a nice start. 2014 was hurt. Only played 100 games at a 1.6. So still not a good season despite playing very little. Then 2015, his most complete season was 2015. He played 153 games. Even the years before, I'm telling you, rookie year, 139, 2013, 118, um, 2014, 100 games even. 2015 was his first like full, full season besides, I mean, I guess the two other ones, you get 497 bats, 597, but that year, 9.3 F war, unbelievable season that dude had. Unreal. Yeah. Then 2016, complete shit job. I don't know if you got in his head. 2017, though, I'm telling you, 2017, if you would have... Was if twenty if he was healthy in twenty seventeen, then Bill James probably would say yes, superstar. I I think so because because he would have gotten over a six WAR. Then you got a, almost a, a nine three a three a six. You average that out to probably a six, including the two other four seasons. A six WAR average over five six years, and is that not a superstar? I I would say,
1: I just man, like I don't like it when.
0: I know. Look, we we got. Let's save that for next week. I don't want to force a conversation on an article I didn't read. Right. Okay. I think we could do this better for our listeners. Hey, listeners, we love you. We want to do it better for you. Is so we're Bryce save Harper? Over what, yes, we're going to dive into that. Not just Bryce Harper, but I want. I'm going to read the Bill James article, and we'll we'll look for some stuff that maybe Bill James missed. Because you know, we got to do our own opinions here. We're not just going to regurgitate nerds' shit. You understand? Yeah. We're cool, man. Bill- We're cool nerds. We're not like them dorky dorks.
1: Yeah, Bill James is a dweeb, and he can he can beat it. He can hit the bricks,
0: nerd. Hey, Bill James, why don't you shave your stupid face?
1: Hey, I like
0: beards. I know you have a beard, too. I just can't grow a good one. All right, um, let's go back to the rookies of the year very quickly. I do think he's overrated, but I do want to dive into what is a superstar, and then we'll throw some players through it. So that's, that'll be a fun little homework assignment for next week. So 2012, wow. Bryce Harper. 2013, Jose Fernandez. I mean, what the hell has he done lately? Right. Oh, the Oh, yeah. Was, was that too much? Damn it. I apologize, everybody. I'm uh, I'm better than that. Or maybe I'm not better than that. I'm know, sorry, guys.
1: They know to boat cocaine.
0: They know to boat cocaine. They know to the booger sugar when you're out on the sea. Yeah. All right. 2014, Jacob deGrom.
1: I'm not saying Hall of Famer, but yeah, he's.
0: Well, I mean 24. Anyone, I think these recent years we can't guess Hall of Fame because it's 2014 was four seasons ago. You know what I mean? Or four well, years he's ago.
1: Had, he's had a Hall of Fame four years.
0: Yeah, he's out to a good start. So we don't have to predict Hall of Fame yet. 2015, Chris Bryant, obviously on a Hall of Fame pace.
1: Hall of Fame, baby. 2016,
0: Corey Seeger.
1: God damn, man. Seager's going to be fucking good, but uh not this year, huh?
0: Yeah, missing a year here is bad.
1: Corey Seager, also cocaine boat. <laughs>
0: 2017 Cody Bellinger.
1: Uh is he how's he doing this year? Like the Dodgers just uh
0: the Dodgers aren't great and I don't think he's off to a hot start. I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's really doing much right now. Um yeah, the Dodgers they did win though the other day. His dad was a ball player named Clay Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, as of right now, off two. Let's see, his slash line is two fifty-seven average, three twenty-one OBP. Not good. Four sixty-eight no. slugging. What three thirty-six? Officially done. Yeah, one sixteen WRC plus. Yeah, he's a bum. He's over. That's it for him. He's never going to recover.
1: There's. You are just as bad as everyone else.
0: <laughs> All right. So the other breaking news of the past week, Robinson Cano gets busted for PEDs. And uh, you wrote a great piece for your website there. I uh, want you to give it a plug and then, um, and then and dive deep into it. I think your question is, what does this do for Robinson Cano's Hall of Fame chances? And I like that. I segued into this because we were on the subject of Hall of Fame. Well, uh,
1: so basically I wanted to get, the point across, because I don't uh, like what because uh, a positive test has so far ended the chances for everybody. Because there's people that you know, speculations about Piazza and speculations about uh, Bagwell and tons so of. So
0: Well, Bagwell made it, didn't he, or did he not make it? Yeah, yet?
1: Bagwell, but. No. But a positive test usually ruins guys. Like Mark McGuire is not going to go in in probably my lifetime. And either Rafael Palmeiro is not going in because po- Manny Ramirez not going in. A-Rod, probably not going in. The thing is, I wanted to say, basically point out that Robinson Cano was going to be in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you there. Playing a position like second base and putting up those offensive numbers, for sure.
1: Yeah, and so just like how good he was. Uh, so I, what I did was I went down what uh, certified nerd Bill James calls the Keltner list. It's named after a player that people were trying to say like should be in the Hall of Fame, and Bill James thought that was ridiculous. So he came up with a list of 15 questions to ask when you're evaluating each guy's career. And so I went through them with Cano, like just talking about how long he was the best second baseman and where he ranks all time amongst second baseman and just what, how devastating or how severe it actually is that he was going. I mean, because like a lot of players, they get busted and you're like, who cares with him? It It
0: sucks. I think, to lose another guy. It does suck. To, it always sucks to lose a guy. I mean, especially when you like. Like, I, I had no problem with Robinson Cano. You know, he seemed, seemed like a fun player. You know, I I, I liked watching him. Um, I like that he went to Seattle, too. Although I think he went strictly for the money, but I don't know. I just kind of like that. Everyone thought he was going to be a Yankee forever, and they were going to give him all this money, and he said, no, nah, I'm going over to Seattle. So, yeah, it's a bummer. Um, you know what I do like about that? that list is that old school baseball fans who don't like bill james i think would still get behind that list because it's questions like um how 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 long were you considered the top guy at your position like you know give give a couple questions that are on that list for the listeners who might not be familiar with you don't have to go over all 15 but just give you the best of
1: was he the best player in baseball did anybody while he was playing suggest that this guy was like number one 2 was he the best player on his team? 3 was he best at his position? Was he best in the league at his position? And then it's like did he have uh did he have an impact on playoff races? Did he play long after his prime like was he good enough to do that? Is he the best player in history who's not in the Hall of Fame? Is he the best like in his position who's not in the Hall of Fame? Like are people with comparable stats in the Hall of Fame? You know, does he meet like standards for a Hall of Fame player? Is there evidence to, to, to like suggest he was better or worse than his stats? Things like that. Like MVPs. Yeah, those are
0: all great. That's all that's a very good baseline to determine a player's worth, I feel like.
1: Because I have friends who say, thi- like, very good friends of mine who maybe don't follow baseball the way that I do, just say things like, Don Mattingly is a hall of famer and it sucks that he's not. And it's just like guys or I'll watch. uh, Do you know how many I get? I get irate when people say Yachty Molina is a hall of famer. You don't think he is? Absolutely not. Give your reasons. Is he the best catcher of his generation? No, he's not Joe Maurer. He's not Buster Posey. If you like actually look at a list of players better than him, like he had two good seasons and now he's a Hall of Fame catcher. Do you know how many catchers have been in the Hall of Fame in the past 50 years? Bench, Carter, Fisk, off the top of my head. Playing, Punch, uh, Rodriguez. Yeah. And uh, Piazza. There's like five guys.
0: It is and, a tough position. I right. thought though his defensive number – I thought his reputation as a defensive catcher has there been a better defensive catcher the last ten years or while Molina's been in the league? Pudge Rodriguez, I guess, but I mean Pudge Rodriguez hasn't been in the league in a long time. Does Posey suck at catcher? Like, no, he's very good defensively. I, as he, I don't think he's better than Yadier. I mean Yadier's not Yadier anymore. Let's see. I'm going to go over to Molina's stats very quickly, and then I want um, to his, on go to the
1: league
0: Molina. Mm. Yeah, you're right. He's had, a, he's had two really good seasons, a couple borderline all-star seasons. As a defensive catcher, though, his numbers are by far the best. And I'm on fan graphs.
1: His numbers I mean, are...
0: His defensive numbers are insane. His offensive numbers aren't that spectacular.
1: He's the 27th catcher all-time on Jaws. That's behind That's, good enough for, that's behind Mauer and Posey. I mean, people ahead of him include Lance Parrish, Jim Sundberg, Daryl Porter, Jason Kendall.
0: Jason Kendall, overrated, or underrated, I should say. That guy was an on-base machine.
1: Apparently, Jason Kendall's the 19th greatest catcher of all time.
0: Thurman, Would not doubt that.
1: Thur- 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 Thurman Munson's not in the Hall of Fame. Ted Simmons is not in the Hall of Fame. Like
0: months now, what could have been? What was he 30 when that plane cra- helicopter crashed?
1: I don't know, but that's a sad one too. That's a, it's a cocaine that's a boat.
0: One. Yeah. In the air, cocaine boat of the sky. That sounds but, like a great name for a rock album. Cocaine boat of the sky.
1: But, uh, Yachty is 27th. Russell Martin is 28th and Victor Martinez is 29th. Brian McCann is 32nd. Our well,
0: Victor McCannin- Martin. No, of course not. Victor Martinez, though, is ugh, when was that thing he caught? He doesn't catch anymore.
1: Well, he has to go, his numbers have to go somewhere.
0: I guess, but like that's where that doesn't really include defense, man. I'm looking at his defense, Molina, next week because I don't want to go too long with this one. Um, like his numbers just, they, the defensive war numbers just pop off the page, even in down years. I, I have to compare it to other catchers, but they're really striking. Well, that's the thing Molina,
1: though, but... saying, saying a guy is good doesn't mean he's not good. Like, if I say he's not a Hall of Famer, I'm not saying.
0: No, I know, that, 20th, I know that.
1: I know that. He's the 27th I, greatest pitcher of all time. That is a lot. You know, like, so that's fine. But look at what the people ahead of him were better, is my point. Buster well, Posey is better.
0: Here's something I wanted to add. To, uh, the Hall of Fame credentials. I think if you're top three at your position over the course of a decade, I think that should put you in. That's retarded because uh, look at the second... The R word, each. man. It, you're not allowed to use the R word on AM radio. Okay, buddy? So let's watch that. <laughs> that's, yourself, uh,
1: that's stupid. Over a decade. Over a decade. So the best second baseman... You want to put, like, there were a shortstop. You want to put Jose Reyes in the Hall of Fame? Troy Tulewitzki?
0: But th- You think those two were top shortstops for a decade? Of this decade? I'm not saying any... I, I'm talking about, like, a 10-year run in which you were top three. So, like, it doesn't have to be 2010 oh, to 2020. Were, it could be 2006 top, to 2016. You know what I mean?
1: If you were top three in war at your position for a decade...
0: Yeah, wouldn't they, you don't think that's a fair criteria, or is that too liberal?
1: Well, that's, I just think it's pretty arbitrary, like,
0: <clears throat> um, I... So, like, in this, like, this last decade, you wouldn't be cool with Buster Posey, Joe Maurer, Yadier Molina making it? You're cool with two of the three? Well, considering, okay, I... D- because the minimum requirement for the Hall of Fame is 10 seasons. That's why I'm going by 10 years. That's the minimum <coughs> to be 10 years. So, like, Koufax was clearly one of the best pitchers in the game for a 10-year run.
1: I don't like to make... No, he wasn't.
0: Yes, he, he was. was We've gone over this.
1: Koufax was good for six years, and Koufax played for 12 years total. He pitched for six years, and six... or er, er, He pitched for 12 years. The first six were horrible. In 1961, his pitching coach fixed his arm, and he was the shit. For six years, then his arm fell off.
0: Yeah, but for six years, he was the best pitcher on the planet. For, uh, we went for, over his stats a couple weeks ago, and you couldn't uh, deny them. For about five years, he was the best pitcher on the planet. I think he could go six.
1: So you're saying in 1961, he was the best player on the p- pitcher on the planet? No, he wasn't.
0: Who was the better pitcher in 1961?
1: Jim yeah, O'Toole, off the top of my head. Don Drysdale
0: is considered better. Don Drysdale is great, but I don't think Kofax. Like, dude, we went over that run. I mean, it was a short-lived run, but he pitched in a ten-year period with pitchers. It's different. I'm not going top three with pitchers because it's pitchers. But if you had one game to pitch in that in a that ten-year run that Kofax was pitching from 56 to 66, you would a game seven. Who are you starting? Kofax. Well, that's what I mean. So yes. If you were-
1: do an accumulation of that. If you want to say, com- if you want to go year by year, it's going to be difficult. But if you go 55 to 65, I'm taking Koufax slightly over Drysdale or like Whitey Ford.
0: Yes, that's fair. And then Juan Marichal was good in that run too.
1: Also underrated, Bob Friend of the Pirates.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good call. All right, well, let's focus on the issue at hand though. In your article, which everyone should read, we tweeted it out. Um, I'll tweet it again if you'd like. I think it's the kiss of death. I think you're right. I think... But then there's been a couple guys who did get busted with PEDs where I think maybe they've mentally overcome it. Not mentally, but they've done enough where people have kind of just like, ah, you know, he's been good enough since then where he's clearly not adding anymore. He's kind of proven his worth. Didn't like who, a Would
1: you say A-Rod?
0: No, because I think A-Rod's done enough damage. There was another player who I'm blanking on where I'm like, oh, he got busted. But I feel like people are just kind of like, ah, oh, whatever. And he's still...
1: And people kind of forgot
0: about it. Bart, Yeah, bronze one. Did Adrian Beltre get busted or no?
1: Absolutely not. I, I will be so sad when he gets busted. I'll be sad. Maybe I'm thinking Beltre got busted because remember Beltre was unbelievable for a little while. Right, oh, yeah. Now he still is. He had some like insane season with the Dodgers when he was like a teenager.
0: And then he had this big dip. Yeah. Or he was bad. He was bad. He was, he was really good at the Dodgers when he started out. He was young. Then he went to Seattle. And was not very good. Then he went to Texas where he's been amazing.
1: Yeah. His career kind of snuck up on everybody.
0: Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like big poppy. Who was really bad. Austin. It was just a freak. Oh, big poppy. Yeah. Here's that's example. exactly who you were thinking of. Yeah. I like exactly I stumbled into what I wanted to get to.
1: He's on the Mitchell. So big Re-
0: poppy. He goes in the hall of fame. First belt. Don't you think
1: he's on the Mitchell report? I don't know what you do with that.
0: I don't know either, but I feel like everyone in baseball has forgotten about and forgiven him.
1: He did get that big send off that only like uh, Jeter and like Mariana.
0: Cal Ripken. Yeah. They got that. Ri- he got the Tony Gwynn Cal Ripken all-star game send off. Yeah. And so- big poppies, a fun nickname. He says. He like, I think he's done enough goodwill. And his last season was incredible. He had a great year. He was the best hitter in the American league or maybe even baseball in 2016. It was. Yeah. He finished with like, yeah, I remember he led the league in OPS and then he just retired. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. Um, so I think almost like, it's almost like he came back and, and that, I think that was enough where I think he'll be interesting. If, 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 if Cano comes back and does enough goodwill where he, ha- he keeps producing at a high level. And and develops a little bit of a personality which I don't which he kind of does have, but he's not as outspoken as Big Poppy. I think that's the trick. We forget that these are baseball writers voting for this shit. That's why it took a guy like Ron Santos so long to get in, because for whatever reason the writers just didn't warm up to him. Where there's guys that the writers do warm up to where you're like, really that guy, you know? Well,
1: yeah, and he, yeah, I guess Poppy is a media darling. I don't understand why Santo wasn't I think that they just didn't understand a stat that would make Santo like stick out to them like defensively or something.
0: I think you're right there, and also the fact that are you gonna have four Hall of Famers from a team that didn't do anything? We forget Ernie Banks Hall of Fame, Billy Williams Hall of Fame, Fergie Jenkins Hall of Fame. Those are all guys that were on the same team with Santo, so. But that's where, I mean, if Joe Morgan was playing any other position than second base, I could put him in that same overrated category in a sense. No, not that Santo was overrated, not that Joe Morgan's overrated, but Joe Morgan was definitely never the best player on his team. Joe Morgan? There were years Joe Morgan was the best player in baseball. Really?
1: 75, 76?
0: I got to go over that because I feel like everybody was like, Johnny Bench is better and, oh. and Foster was more feared.
1: Well, yeah, but come on.
0: I think you ask pitchers on other teams, they go, I'd rather face Morgan than Bench or Foster.
1: Sure. You look at Fo- you look at Joe Morgan in 75, 76. All right, I will. There's an argument that he's like the best player in baseball.
0: I just hate him so much. I don't want anything to be good for him.
1: No, I, you should love it because if he hates advanced stats and it makes him look like he was the best player, you should love it even
0: more. I just hate his opinions. I think he's a terrible announcer. And kind of, look, look stats going though. really shitty right now. I am. Can you keep talking <laughs> that way? It's not dead air while I do this. Go keep telling tell us more about the Robinson Cano article, and then I got to wrap this up.
1: <laughs> I should do one on Yadier Molina just uh, to. I have done one on Yadier Molina before. I should do it again and update it. I want to do Keith Hernandez. Because talk about best defensive player at your position in history, Keith Hernandez is the best defensive first baseman, and he gets no love. But uh, yeah, brido.tumblr.com. Robinson can know, baby. I th- I think that basically, if you're if you're a a fan of baseball, you should want to you should care who gets in the Hall of Fame by position even. And right now is a good time to become a member of the Chase Utley Fan Appreciation Club. Yeah, all-
0: Chase Utley, definitely a top three in his position, if not number one or two, during his uh, you know his prime, during a player's prime. You know, I like to compare prime for prime.
1: Absolutely he was. And then uh, if you want to be outraged, take a look at uh, Lou Whitaker's career stats. And strangely enough, a guy that... I gotta be honest. I didn't even know who he was until I started looking up stuff like this. Bobby Gritch.
0: one I of don't the know greatest. Gritch. I have to look into him. I got Morgan stats. Sorry to cut you off on no one, someone no one gives a shit about. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. I'm thinking about Bobby Gritch. No, I want to hear about him, but just not right now. Uh, my computer was so slow. I got I was getting frustrated that it wasn't loading. You're you're damn right, man. I'll 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 be man enough to admit when I'm wrong here. Seventy five, seventy six. I knew he was an MVP. I thought he won one MVP. I didn't realize he went yeah, won back to back. And they won the world incredible. It, they won and they won the yeah, world they series. Won. Both those years they did. His his flash line or the, the numbers that he doesn't like are incredible. He had a four sixty-six on base percentage, a four forty-four on base percentage. He led the league in OPS that year. He led the league on base and slugging, so obviously you're going to lead the league in OPS with a yeah. 1020, 20 And um, his OPS plus is 186, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, dude, this guy was incredible. He had 27 home runs, 111 RBI, 60 stolen bases. I knew he stole some bases, but damn. Only got caught nine times. He six and only got caught nine times. That is really good. Uh, what else here? Yeah, I mean, and he played good defense. It's a gold glove. You can't yeah, say me, was- but...
1: I'm pretty much gloating about getting this one right,
0: Joe. You are right. Um, I don't have the WAR stats or anything in front of me. Oh, he but, led. Um, he led the league that year in those. I gotta imagine. Yeah, Morgan was great. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten All-Star games. I see where some people maybe. I see where he probably got forgotten for a little while there, because. He had some shit seasons in what should have been some really good years for him. Here's your case for uh, being anti-rookie of the year, in a sense, because this is a guy. Uh, look, in 1965, his rookie year, he was bad. Uh, not bad, but... no. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong season. Sixty. He came up as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, 20 21. 22 was his first full season. He um, Or second full season. His first full season didn't win rookie of the year, but was... Second rookie direction of the year, actually, that I'm looking at the right year. Um, but he was an all star in 66, 60, from 1967, 68, 69. Not good. He had a 789 OPS, 794. I mean, these are all league average, 737 OPS. This really did Houston. Yeah. all, And then even 71 with Houston, not very good. Uh, 757 OPS. led the league in triples, though, with 11. Um, 256 batting or 268 batting or 236 batting was 250 um, on base percentages were well the one year 388 th- um, was pretty good or 383 um and then bent then his first year with cincinnati as a 28 year old that's when he became a, a superstar because with houston from 19 to 27 he was a two-time all-star which really isn't that impressive at second base because second base isn't a rich position of studs you know what i mean you know, right. there's Jose some El- guys like Starlin Castro is a four-time All-Star, but no one in their right mind would say he's even close to being on a Hall of Fame projection.
1: Right. I mean, Jose Altuve made it to the All-Star game like years before he actually was uh, a superstar.
0: Exactly. The All-Star game, we can talk about that being overrated, but I, don't, I, I think it's fun. I never want to get rid of it. I almost feel like oh, they should I- do what they did back in the day at a second All-Star game after the season to, for the true All-Stars. Because sometimes there's guys who have a great first half.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one guy per team also skews it.
0: I agree. I would get rid of that, but then they like it for the markets. And yeah, the
1: mar- yeah, they want to see your your uh, everybody wants to see their team represented.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Um. Yeah, you know, what? I stand correct about Morgan. Although I start, I'm going to put this out there right now. He started taking steroids or cocaine or speed or what kind of amphetamines as soon as he joined the Cincinnati Red. The big red machine.
1: Honestly, because, amphetamines is probably true. To be honest, yeah,
0: because this is a different. This is it's like a night and day different baseball player from Houston to Cincinnati. I'm well, not. I'm not even kidding, man. Like if he you look at these th- numbers,
1: the Astrodome had that notoriously hard uh, batter's eye in center.
0: That's true. They did, and that's a, the, there was a really hard stadium to hit home runs out of. It was not fan friendly, and to say the least. Um, because even in the bad years, his OPS plus was very good because of how hard it was to hit in Houston. Maybe it was just being taken out of Houston. I'm glad you brought that up because I looked at that stat. Mm -hmm. OPS plus is a reminder to everybody takes ballpark into consideration because one of the fun, cool things about baseball is every ballpark's different, which is why we all like going on the road and checking out new stadiums. Yeah. You know, when I go on the road, I don't go, I got to see the, I got to see the basketball stadium. You know, I gotta, I gotta go see where the Houston Rockets play. No, I don't give a shit, <laughs> but, and I like basketball and I like football and I like, uh, hockey. Love, love all three of those sports. I don't, I don't know if I love all three of the sports. I like them all a lot. I love baseball, but I definitely, you know, I'm a, I'm a sports junkie. I love them all. Is but, there uh, a way
1: to Do that. Cause like the baseball has like 60 feet, six inches, 90 feet between the bases. So like that part's all, is there a way to do that in other sports? Which, no,
0: it's you know, gotta be 94 feet in basketball, hundred yards in football.
1: But is there a way to, I don't
0: know. No, there's not. Everyone They're very, you know, goal regulation size or what? You know what I mean? Everything is so rigid. Yeah, that's where baseball's kind of got fun, where it's like, you know what? Fuck you. It's going to be 420 to center field. What do you think of that? <laughs> Old Tiger Stadium was 440. Yikes. Yeah, that's just insane. Or the polo grounds where it's like 100 feet down the line, but then 700 feet to center. Which, I, of course, I'm exaggerating, but basically was. That's All right. um, round you. it up. Right now, uh, Mike Trout went over twenty-one before busting out the last two games, and that was of course after us saying we need Mike Trout to be a household name. So hopefully, we didn't, you know, give him the kiss of death there. Um, I'm sure. But it so. is it is funny. As soon as I, one of our listeners, Kevin Olsta, said, uh, giving Kevin Olsta a shout out. Oh, I know, it, get, Kevin, Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like, "What do you guys the, the mooch? Huh? You guys totally you you put him in a bad spot there. We're like the guy in." Um, and what's that movie The Bronx Tale? That you're like, don't let this guy near you. He's he's a loser. If you if you're gambling near this guy, he's bad. I thought maybe we were that guy. We uh we put Mike Trout in a bad place. we put him in the sunken place. I'm just using bad movie references. We get him. Not, not uh, these, these are great movies. I'm using them in a bad way, is what I'm saying. We get him the old SI curse. Oh yeah, we put him on the cover of Madden. Yeah. All right, uh anything you want to plug there, Brida?
1: Buy my album. Why haven't you bought my album? You
0: buy the album, everybody. You can buy my album too. Also, uh, tell your friends about the podcast. You know what I mean? Um, what's nice is that we talk about enough general topics that you could go back and listen to previous episodes. We of course talk about what's going on in the game itself, you know, who to watch, who's kicking ass and, you know, the standings and everything like that. Uh, but then we also talk about the fun stuff like that. Our homework assignment for next week is we're going to break down what is a superstar. We'll dive a little bit more into division stuff because we will be entering June which is when I start and then, you know, we'll see what the trade market is starting to shape up in the next few weeks. Already some fun rumors out there, but um, I'm Joe Kilgallen. That's Mike Bridenstine. Yeah. On Twitter at Brido. Yes. Um, follow our Instagram at comedians talking baseball. Oh, I got to mention this. Um, the Twitter account for comedians talking baseball I wanted to change because it was my old account from my other, my podcast I used to do called comedians talking sports, which you could go back on iTunes unless listen to past episodes of that. It's on the same Feed Is this podcast where I used to have a different comedian on each week and interview them about like, you know, what their love of sports was and basically some current event stuff too. Uh it was at comedy sports pod. I changed it to at um C T B pod nine. I think that's what it is. Son of a bitch. What is this? Hold <laughs> on. I fucking forgot. That's how stupid I am. I made mean, it too complicated. Um Real quick, real quick. I wanted to change it because I thought it was stupid. And I had to put a nine in there because for some reason everyone had the ones we needed. Well, um podcast sixty-nine. I should have done that. That would have been way funnier. It's at it's at, it's at capital C T B podcast nine, nine for nine innings. That's at CTB podcast nine. At CTB podcast nine. Follow us on Twitter. That's where we tweet out the links to the podcast. We tweet out links to Brido's uh, blogs that are fantastic. I highly recommend that. And also fun baseball and comedy stuff. So definitely follow us there. Um, I'm Joe Kilgallen. I'm Mike Bridenstine. I don't know why I did that. You hate when I do that, but I did that anyway. Uh, That has been the podcast. Uh, Again, thank you for listening to Comedians Talking Baseball.